Welcome to the G-Spot, the podcast that discusses topics relating to sex, dating and relationships with a focus on pleasure, connection and education. I'm your host, Heidi G, sex and relationship therapist, and I believe we are all entitled to a fulfilling sex life and relationships. The G-Spot, the best sex and relationship education you'll ever get. So today we're going to talk about what a potential partner really wants. Is what we think a potential partner wants the same as what they really want? We drive ourselves crazy trying to conform to media-driven ideas about penis size, vulva image, status, wealth, and even body image. But is this really going to make us more desirable as a potential partner? Today, I have Christine Deloja joining me again. Christine is an acupuncturist and herbalist, and she has a private practice. She specializes in sexual health, treating all orientations and identities. Christine holds a master's degree in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, and counseling. During her education, she studied Chinese dietary therapy and earned a certificate as a holistic nutritional counselor. Early in her practice, she treated numerous men for erectile issues with acupuncture who ended up having significant improvements in sexual satisfaction. After seeing how meaningful this improvement was to their lives, she specialized in sexual health, expanding her practice to all that seeked it. She wanted to do more to help them connect with their partner and bring them joy to their relationships. Welcome to the show again, Christine. Thank you so much, Heidi, for having me on it again. I'm so happy to be here. So this is an interesting topic and this is something I would have to say that I discuss with my clients a lot. Um, What society, um, I guess, what we think that, you know, our relationships and sex life and body image should look like. And I guess that's um, influenced by society and people around us. Um, I hear things like, well, I do ask my friends how much sex they're having and they they say they're having X, Y, and Z, so I should be okay. Or because they're having X, Y, and Z, I feel that, oh, I need to do more or I don't look like this model or I don't look like the way I used to before I have children, um, before I had children. So I don't feel sexy or I avoid sex with my partner or there's just so, so many things. And I have to say the other one is vulva image and this just blows me away. And it also, it's, it's close to home for me because this is something that I struggled with as well. I mean, if you say, look at porn where you do get to see the genital image there doesn't seem to be much of a variety of vulvas depicted um when you when I know with myself when I discovered porn um I compared myself I don't look like these women I there must be something wrong with me no one's going to want to sleep with me. I, I don't feel sexy. I don't feel desirable. It's just we have this embedded into society that we need to look a certain way. And what's represented um, in terms of vulva image, even penis size um, in porn, 
is not always realistic and it can fuel um, insecurities. And also there's the whole, you know, tiny labias being glamorized. Absolutely. And I was, you know, I was really appalled one day when I walked into the airport and I saw this poster for Mm. gynecological cosmetic surgery because I thought, you know, especially women, we... We are already so pressured to look a certain way, to conform yeah. to this image that we see on the screen. And there's, you know, we're, we're exposed to more media than ever before in human history. And this message that we're beat over the head with is if you don't look like the person on the screen, nobody's going to want to have sex with you. Yeah. And, you know, that hits hard. It really does hit us hard because mm. most of us aren't conforming to this standard. So does that mean that most of us shouldn't feel good about ourselves? Most of us shouldn't enjoy sex because we feel like we are not sexy. Um, you know, what are the implications of this? And, you know, and the thing about it is I, so I actually looked into this a little bit more. Mm. I went on the surgeon's website and I found that he had these before and after pictures. So if I was interested in getting gynecological cosmetic surgery, I could see his other work. You know, I could see right. what what these vulvas looked like before and what they looked like afterwards. And yeah. so I looked at the pictures. He had lots of them on there. And I, and I saw them and I thought, okay, well, A, I didn't think any of them looked better in the after picture. B, I thought they looked perfectly normal to begin with. I did yeah. notice that some of the labia majora, um, you know, some of the them were larger or smaller. Uh, some of them had the labia minora were extending far outside. And in, in these, um, these people had wanted them to be smaller, apparently. Apparently, they didn't feel that that was attractive. And so what I wanted to do was I wanted to, I wanted to show these pictures to uh, people who like you know, who, who like female genitalia. Um, Mm. I showed it to, um, some heterosexual men that I know. I showed it Mm. to some lesbians that I know. And I asked them, I said, what do you think about these pictures? It was just an informal survey. I said, do they, do they look better after, you know, was it worth this surgery? Um, is this, is this more sexually appealing? Um, and of course the answer that I got from everybody was no. And, and not only that, I thought I saw there was, there were, you know, there was this one photo of a vulva that had lots and lots of folds and ridges. And yeah. it was, you know, it was very, you know, reminiscent of like a, a deli meat sandwich. It had lots, you know, it was just different than, you know, definitely different than what you see in porn. Um, yeah. And, in the, and my one friend looked at it and he said, oh, he said, oh, this is lovely. And oh, I wow. thought, yeah. and I thought, wow, that's, that's a really interesting response because had this person known how much her vulva would turn a person on naturally, um, mm. you know, would they think that, you know, I want to get surgery because it's not just, you know, it's not just talking about cosmetics here. We're talking mm. about something that is cutting part of your body. It produces scar tissue. It creates, it can create um, a reduction in sensitivity depending on how much scar tissue is there. So we're talking about potentially disrupting sexual pleasure in favor of aesthetics. Right. And so um, I, I, 
I was, it, it was something that really uh, bothered me so much. Mm. I thought, you know, geez, we, we already have to, you know, we stuff our boobs into these tight underwire bras. We wear these high heels that destroy our feet. You know, mm. uh, there's all this pressure to get lip injections, to have big asses, big tits, and for guys, big dicks. Um, and mm. I just, uh, you know, the fact that all of these people confirmed, you know, they all thought the before pictures were arousing. Every single man that I asked was actually turned on by mm. the before picture of a vulva laying on a hospital table with fluorescent lighting and a paper gown covering <laughs> covering it. Wow. And that was, that was arousing just as it was, you know, just as it was. And so my question was, what led to this point? You know, what happened mm. before before this this surgery? What were all the events in this person's life that led up to them making that choice? I mean, people can choose to have, you know, surgeries or, or make cosmetic improvements. That's none of my business, absolutely. Mm. But when it comes to when it comes to how we feel about ourselves, there's a whole lot of pressure um, to to have um to look like an unrealistic in an unrealistic way you know it's mm -hmm. like it's like a you know magnolia trying to be a rose you know and yeah. it's just in in it's never going to happen i mean we're just setting ourselves up for failure here so yeah. um so i i i mean my opinion on this is that a lot of this is media Absolutely. And I just want to make it clear as well, um, you know, that we're talking about people who are doing this for cosmetic reasons. I mean, I understand that there are some medical conditions as well that, um, you know, people have had to get uh, labiaplasty. Um, and, you know, we're not talking about those people. We're, you know, we're talking about the people who are um, insecure and comparing what their vulva looks like to say what the media porn whatever is portraying a uh, vulva should look like and what um you know quote unquote is sexy uh, is appealing is desirable so i just wanted to make that clear yeah and and the thing is if we ask ourselves the question okay who is living up to these standards of mm. media you know who who's pulling it off I mean, certainly, you know, Hollywood, people who are in Hollywood, who, you know, actors and actresses, but they're, the things that they're doing have nothing to do with health. It's not about being a healthier person, longevity, energy, any of those things. That's I mean, it. because some yeah. of the diets and, and extreme, extreme, um, you know, medical procedures that they're putting themselves through are not aimed at health. In fact, they, they can completely disrupt their hormones and, and actually adversely affect their health. And when you're looking mm. at porn stars, you know, these, the porn stars get their anuses bleached. They get, mm. um, you know, it's not like, it, it's not like most, uh, most of us look like that. We don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know that when I was studying, um, before I became a sex therapist, um, we had to watch a, um, a documentary called My Perfect Vagina. And it was about this 20 something year old girl who, um, didn't like her protruding, um, labia. And she was teased by her sister, teased by her friends, and she had the surgery. 
And just watching her go through it, like the pain, not only the emotional pain, but the physical pain, I I was in tears. And again, it did show a before and after. Um, and I thought there is nothing wrong with it. Like I'm looking at it going, it looks fine. It looks normal. It is a perfect vulva. <laughs> um, and and why they called it vagina, I don't know. But anyway, that was the documentary. Um, and I just thought, you know, that's it's, it's a perfect vulva. There's nothing wrong with it. And you were 20-something years old putting yourself through all this pain. I cried. I just cried. And the reason why I cried is because it hit home for me. Like I said to you, I've been in this situation where um, for years, didn't like the way I looked down there, very embarrassed, um, didn't know what sexual partners would think. And, you know, to this day, I haven't had a sexual partner go, oh my God, you look weird down there. Oh God, it's different. Oh, oh God, I don't want to go anywhere near there. You know, I've had yeah. a great sex life. So to see such a young girl go through this, um, it was like I was watching myself. I haven't had the surgery and I don't intend on doing it. Um, but just how she didn't like what she looked like. And I thought, my God, sweetheart, you look normal. I've even had doctors say to me, you know, during pap smears and whatever, and I've said to doctors, oh, you know, I'm thinking of, I don't know, getting something done down there. I don't like the way I look. And doctors have said, Heidi, you were perfectly normal. It looks fine. Please don't have surgery or anything. Um, and I have to say, Christine, um, I mean, I've had, um, and I'm sure it's the same with you, I've had clients come in um, and the whole session has been about body image or genital image or even penis size. And again, it just really hits home for me because just the message that we get out there from society, from the media, and just, you know, how it fuels our insecurities. And I think about my journey and what I've been through and I'm so passionate about what I do. It's just so important for me to educate people educate my clients so they're not insecure so they know that they are beautiful um, and they are perfect the way they are yeah absolutely and you know the same goes for for male you know for the for males watching watching porn you know by the time mm. the average male um, you know gets to be of you know sexual maturity um, mm. you know has a few relationships they've oftentimes seen hundreds of penises in mm. porn and on average these penises are way bigger than the average and i have seen so many clients and male friends that i know yeah. have this idea that they have a small penis when in fact their their penis is average sized mm. i've had patients say to me um you know i'm thinking about getting and uh, a procedure to make my penis larger, longer. And I thought there was a couple things in there that just made me, that stood out to me. Um, one was that having a longer penis doesn't make much of a difference to female pleasure. Yeah. And number two, to think that it was so important to pleasuring his partner to have a longer penis that he was willing to to have you know a procedure that that cuts him in the most one of the most delicate parts of his body 
mm. was just showing me how important this was. Um, you know, in when we look at it, what are we looking at? You know, it's not like most people are going to see our genitals. So this is about mm. our partner. You know, this is about how we feel when we're with a partner mm. Um, mm. and how our partner perceives us. And more importantly, it's about um, how we think our partner perceives us. And yeah. most people, first of all, don't realize, <laughs> especially women too, that that usually the aesthetic of the genitals makes very, li very little difference to how satisfied a partner is sexually. Um, mm -hmm. I have never had a bad sexual experience because a partner had a small penis. I've mm -hmm. had lots of bad sexual experiences because a partner did never took the time to learn how to please um, the vulva or how yeah. to... Um, never really learned about the female anatomy, never really learned about oral sex, never really learned about, um, you know, the fact that male and female bodies are different when it comes to, to orgasm and that sort of thing. But I've never had a bad sexual experience because of a small penis, because anybody can have a great sexual relationship if you just take the time to be a kind partner, you know, mm. take the time to educate yourself. And so uh, everybody who looked at these pictures in this survey, um, yeah. th that would never have been a barrier to that person having a healthy sexual relationship. And then if you look even deeper than that, um, we look at things like um, not only our, our desire to be fulfilled sexually, to fulfill our partner sexually, but our desire to be loved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, having these insecurities, it just... It stops us from experiencing such joy, love, fun, having a great sex life. It just, there are so many blocks. Um, and, you know, talking to a lot of my clients who, um, you know, I, I've given them some sensate exercises to do, they say that the most awkward thing, like once they get past, you know, the whole, oh, okay, we've got to do this and they're able to communicate and it becomes routine, then the next stage is, oh, I feel awkward being naked with my partner. And mind you, these are married couples who've been together for a long time. And I'm like, let's talk about this. Oh, I feel I'm too fat. Oh, you know, what if my partner doesn't like what he looks, what I look like or vice versa you know oh I don't think that I um my penis is satisfying my partner I, I just hear all these things I'm like so what what's the evidence of this oh I don't like the way I look or I think I'm too x y and z it's like but has your partner said that to you and I'm not dismissing your feelings um it's just let's look at the reality of this um because this is actually interfering in you having fun or getting in the way of you having fun, which is quite sad. And when you look at the average penis size is about 5.1 to 5.5 inches um, and the average placid, flaccid uh, penis size um, is three and a half inches. And, you know, surveys show that a lot of women actually prefer width than length. Um, so again, you know, this whole thing of, I've got to have this really firm erection. I've got to be a certain 
size. I've got to have a certain body image. Um, and this, you know, the body image is males and females and non-binary. This is what I see in my practice. Um, it's just, and it really, again, I get sad by this because I just think don't be so influenced by the outside world. You, this is between you and your partner. Uh, more importantly, you. And once we feel comfortable without within ourselves, then we open up the doors to experience such pleasure. C- comparison is the greatest theft of joy. Well, we all have experiences that reinforce those insecurities too. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of us have had one experience with a partner that generated an insecurity that lasted a lifetime? You know, I mm-hmm. dated somebody who uh, liked big asses. You know, he said mm-hmm. he, he just would gawk at people with big asses. Mm-hmm. And I had this small flat, you know, but I've never had a big ass and it made me feel so insecure that I always, you know, walked around feeling, you know, even after that years later, I thought, oh yeah, I don't have a nice ass, you know, and, um, you know, that I don't look good in a pair of jeans or, or whatever it was that, you know, that somebody, I, I, the thought would cross your mind, oh, that somebody wouldn't like you because of that. And, yeah. you know, my, my, a, a patient of mine came in, uh, you know, she's young, in her twenties, um, beautiful woman. And, you know, she, one of the things that she said to me was, oh, well, you know, I can't date now, you know, not until I lose another 10 pounds, mm-hmm. you know, I just couldn't date like this. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, why postpone you you might get to a point in your life where you're never going to lose 10 pounds maybe you have a baby maybe you you know for whatever reason you're never going to have 10 lose 10 pounds you might not and are you going to just never have you know you're not going to be allowed to have a partner you're not going to be allowed to feel good about yourself um and and the fact that most you know most guys would have gawked over this woman just reinforced for me how arbitrary these standards are but they do get reinforced with different partners you see um you know i had another um a friend who's this guy she did loved blondes and she was a brunette and so she dyed her hair blonde and she Mm. because she wanted him to think she was attractive he already thought she was attractive um, just because somebody has preferences, you know, maybe you typically date tall guys and, you know, the guy you're dating is short or, um, you date, you know, women who have large breasts and you like large breasts, but most of us, you know, have our preferences. But if we think about our own preferences, most reasonable people are very willing to date outside of our preferences. Yeah. Um, you know, it's way more about the kind of connection we have with a person than about specific physical characteristics. Absolutely. That is so true. It is about the connection. And, yeah, I I used to feel the same as well. I I need to lose weight. I need to look a certain way before I can date a person. I need to do X, Y, and Z before I can think about being in a relationship. And when I think, like even talking about it now, I'm just like, my God, that so silly like and those thoughts were not too long ago mind you um and I just thought no like something just changed and firstly I had to accept myself the way I am 
and go, you know what, this is me. This is me. This is who I am. This is me. This is what I've got to offer. And if I meet someone and we don't connect or they don't like my hair or whatever it might be, that's okay. We weren't meant to be together. That's okay. Um, because, you know, attraction, yes, I mean, you know, it's physical attraction as we know, but there's also a deeper level of attraction as well, which I think is even more important. Um, so, I had to let go of that as well. And mind you, um, recently I had um, someone notice me, um, someone who's been noticing me for quite some time at my local gym and sort of complimented on my appearance and told me that he has a crush on me. And I thought, what? what? Why? <laughs> and I said, I instantly said, um, but I look terrible at the gym. I'm all sweaty. My hair's <laughs> messy. I'm not wearing makeup. And this person said, and that's what I like. That's what <laughs> I like. <laughs> I was like, oh, God, okay. So, you know, I was, I was blown away by that. And I thought, no, I shouldn't be so blown away. It's just it is what it is. It just shows us how little we understand what truly attracts other people. Sometimes, you know, sometimes, yeah, we see somebody they're good looking. Um, sometimes it's something more than that. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's just purely chemical. We, you know, have you, I've seen lots of good looking guys that I just didn't have any attraction to. And similarly, mm -hmm. I've met people who maybe didn't look um, as conventionally attractive, but then the more I got to know them, I thought they were really hot just because mm -hmm. there was more, it was, you know, it was, there was chemistry there. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's kind of how it is. I mean, even regarding, you know, regarding genitals, I, if I'm being completely candid, I always thought mine was ugly. It, you know, mm. I'm just being completely honest. I did. I didn't see how anybody would find that attractive. Um, mm. And maybe I even carried a certain um, notion that the female genitalia wasn't very attractive in general. Mm. And, you know, the more I talked with with guys especially um or people who like the yoni um the more i saw that visually seeing a vulva was such a huge turn on and mm. it did not have to be bleached it didn't have to be um look like anything on porn stars i mean it could just a real live human, you know, very real vulva, you know, not, mm. not one that looks perfect, uh, for many people is an enormous instantaneous sexual arousal. And mm. I had partners who, you know, just the simple visual was enough to, you know, they, they really enjoyed being up close and personal, you know, but we've all had partners that, I mean, at least I've had partners. Most women that I know have had partners or um, people who have a vagina uh, and a vulva ha have had partners who didn't like it, um, mm -hmm. who have had, have, have, I don't know if you've ever had partners who were squeamish about either touching or being up close or performing oral sex. And then you have all of the things that date back from, you know, being a teenager that, oh, women smell like tuna or, 
you know, all these negative, mm-hmm. you know, comments about about women's genitals or the female yeah. genitalia. Yeah. And so we kind of get that ingrained, you know, in us, but um it's it can be further from the truth about uh you know most people do like it and any good partner, any kind partner, any partner who is actually invested in pleasing um the female body um does like their genitals too, yeah. you know, but we've all had those people that, you know, I've had lots of bars and I thought this was normal when I was young in my twenties, I thought it was normal to perform oral sex on a guy and not have that reciprocated. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then I, and I had people who, Oh, well, I don't, I I'm sensitive. I don't like that. Or, you know, just people who had, who just didn't do it. And it was the, the bottom line was that it was just out of selfishness, but the statements would be things like that. They thought, you know, performing oral sex on a woman or on a female body was gross. Um, or that they didn't like the smell of, um, the vulva, not, you know, anybody's in particular, but, you know, so that reinforces that notion that we have that what we've got isn't you know attractive sexually mm, yeah and that's and I guess it's up to us sex educators to educate people and um, you know teach them the right way not I guess what we learned at school or what you know we learned growing up um, and you know what once again what the media sort of portrays what a body um look should look like that what the genitals should look like what a relationship should look like um you know this whole ha- happily ever after stuff i mean i feel and this is why i'm so passionate about what i do it's you know it's my job it's my responsibility to teach people the reality of sexual health and relationships not what we think or what the media and society portrays it to be Absolutely. And in, in doing that, you know, we can check our own kind of biases too and check how much, you know, if we want to be loved and we are judging ourselves too harshly, are we also judging a partner too harshly? You know, do we, yeah. um, it, you know, are we enforcing these um, unrealistic expectations for our partners? You know, mm-hmm. um, do, you know, are our expectations for a sexual partner realistic, um, you know, in terms of what we want, um, you know, are we expecting our partner to look like somebody who is, is in porn, you know, pornography? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes I do catch myself, you know, those insecurities do creep up today. Um, I know that recently, um, I was, you know, about to have sex and it was in the morning and I thought, oh, my God, my body is just fully exposed here. Oh, geez. And then, you know, the whole genital image, you know, just came to mind as well. And I thought, oh, my God. What? And I thought, let it go. Let it go. It's not like this is a new partner. This person has seen every bit of you. You need to let it go. And if this person didn't enjoy every bit of you, then you would not be here, Heidi, about to have sex with this person. So yeah. um, it just, yeah, every now and then I thought, no, you know, you're an educator. I mean, I know, yes, I'm also a human being, um, but 
sometimes I like to do a bit of CBT on myself as well. Yes, right. Test my own reality. Yeah, we do. We do have to challenge ourselves because, you know, a lot of times what's getting in the way of us having good sex is not the way we look. It's Mm. our insecurities and our Mm -hmm. inhibitions because of it. Um, That's the biggest killer of of great sex, you know, not not the the normal physical characteristics that we have. And if you ask potential partners, you know, if if like, let's say if, if I were to make a list of all the things I, you know, had ever thought were ugly about myself um, mm. and in presented those to a whole slew of potential partners, um, most of them wouldn't be issues to any of those potential partners. But my mm. insecurities and, you know, inhibitions about it might have been, you know, that yeah. that's that's a bigger thing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so, so true. And I think this was also one of the biggest, um, I guess, light bulb moments for myself. Like I know that I've had body image issues as well and as well as the genital um, image issues as I spoke about. And it was actually stopping me from living my life, stopping me from having fun, you know, enjoying sex, um, enjoying the beach, which I absolutely love and just feeling insecure. Oh, people are going to look at my cellulite and people are going to look at this and this and this. And I thought I, I just had to let it go because it got to the point where it just, it gave me a headache, literally. And it was just so heavy. And I thought, no, this, you need to stop because no one else is thinking or feeling this way, Heidi, but you. Right. And look at how it's negatively impacting your life. And like I said earlier, I see this with my clients as well. Um, I, I don't want my partner looking at my body. I don't feel sexy. So then we try and unpack that. Um, you know, I avoid sex with my partner because I don't like the way I look or I don't look like the models or they start comparing. I don't look like X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's just like I said, really sad because it's like you are stopping yourself from having, you know, this potential fun and connecting with your partner because of, you know, a belief. And again, I'm not disregarding a person's belief because, you know, their reality is their reality. But I feel as a therapist, it's, you know, it's up to me to unpack that and look at, okay, let's let's challenge your reality and see well, how real it actually is because, you know, self-love is important and we need to work on self-love and that takes time. That takes a lot of time. Um, it takes patience and understanding and most importantly, acceptance as well. Well, what's happening in our minds when we're feeling insecure? Let's say, you know, take two people in a bedroom, you know, exploring each other's bodies yeah. and, you know, if I'm sitting there thinking about all my flaws um, mm-hmm. or my insecurities and and feeling, you know, kind of indulging in my self-centeredness, that means that I'm not focused on my partner. Mm-hmm. And in, a good lover is focused on their partner and their partner's pleasure because we have to remember, you know, we're not the only ones who have insecurities. Our job mm-hmm. in the bedroom is to make our partner feel comfortable too and, and make them feel adored and that we like their bodies. Mm-hmm. And if you, if, if I were to say, you know, to any person, you know, would you rather have somebody who makes you feel adored or 
who you, um, you know, you adore their body. Most of us would say, I want a partner who makes me feel sexy, you know, Mm -hmm. even more than like having this like hot, sexy partner, you'd Mm -hmm. rather have a partner who makes you feel sexy. So we have to remember our job in this, in, in part of helping our partner to have a good experience is not just like, Oh, looking good. We're just going to look so good that they're going to have a great sexual experience. That's not going to make for a sexual, a great sexual experience. What's going to make for a great sexual experience is connection and Mm -hmm. is, um, you know, really letting go so that you can really appreciate the body of your partner, you know, mm. all of the senses, all of the, you know, wonderful chemistry and experience of, of, you know, being with somebody sexually. Mm, absolutely. That is so, so important. Um, just, you know, thinking about the impact it has on our partner as well. Um, if we have, you know, partners, sexual partners, um, it's so, so important. Um, and I'm glad you, you brought that up. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So, um, Christine, uh, before we finish up, if you could give us a take home message about today's topic. Well, I think the take home message is, you know, focusing on substance over style. You know, you cannot control everything about your appearance. You know, we can, mm-hmm. we, we just can't. What we can control is how kind we are. And we can control, you know, all of, you know, being a good person, being a kind lover and focusing on having that substance to bring to a partnership. Um, you know, when we, when we focus on the physical, we're just reinforcing that image in the media that, you know, it's just a picture. It's mm. just a picture. It's nothing that you can hold or feel or touch. It's just, um, you know, it's just a picture. Absolutely. It's so true. So, Christine, if people want to find out a bit more about you and get in contact, how can they do that? I can be found at dietforgreatsex.com. And also I'm on social media as well at Diet for Great Sex on Instagram, Facebook, and um, I'm also on TikTok. I try to put up a couple recipe videos, you know, um, periodically on that. Oh, good old TikTok. Yes. My, uh, my account recently got banned, so I'm really annoyed about that. <laughs> because of the sexual content? Yeah. And it was just my face. So, and I followed, yeah, and I followed the guidelines and uh, they booted me off. So I'm really annoyed because, um, as you can imagine, a a lot of work goes into it. So, but anyway, working on it. (laughs) Well, good luck. But thank you so much, Heidi, for having me on your show. I always enjoy talking to you. You got a great show. Oh, thank you. And I enjoy talking to you as well. And we must do this again because there's just so many important and interesting topics that we need to cover. So absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Cheers. Thanks, Christine. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow me on social media at Heidi G Spot. And check out the website at HeidiGCounseling.com. Join me next time on The G-Spot.
because the world is a better place when there's great sex and relationships.